Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. I don't know about you, but I feel like it's so easy to sit in this room and we hear something sounds so basic, like get to the place and just surrender to Jesus. And you're like, surely ain't it. But when you surrender to Jesus, you realize that really is it. But once you surrender to Jesus, you can go back to the way things were. And yet you're like, surely it won't be it again. And it's, you find every time it's like faithful, faithful father, faithful, faithful. Like you are really, truly faithful because it's like every single time I come back, I go, oh yeah. It's like really true. And last week, man, I just honestly like, I don't know, man. Last week was like such a challenge for me. Like personally, I'm just struggling. I just feel like I can't get my thoughts together. I'm just feeling down about literally everything. You ever get to that place? Like one thing compounds upon another, compounds upon another, and you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Anybody? Come on, man. Thank you, bro. Thank you. the man. But I got to this place, and I'm like, it's easy to talk messages, but man, I'm like, I don't feel good. And after the end of the message, if you weren't here last week, man, I was just like, I'd appreciate y'all's prayers. And a bunch of y'all prayed for me, and I just want to tell you thank you. And I went home. And I was just processing with the Lord. And I was like, God, I can't get my thoughts together. My mind's racing. I'm thinking about a thousand things. I feel like I got no focus. Like, what the heck is going on? And I feel like so weird. But I want to tell you a story that my mom told me when I was a kid. Did anybody mom or like have somebody in their life that would tell you bedtime stories? Anybody? I had a mother that like highly creative mom, like she would bring out all these stories and she would do all the voices, you know, like bring my stuffed animals to life for me. And so I had a really interesting time, but she told me this story about a little boy named Jay. And this little boy named Jay uh, decided that he wanted to go somewhere. And so he packed up all of his things, he put it in a backpack and he got his mode of transportation. Anybody ever have one of those big, big wheels? With the, with the battery in it. Come on now. I had that old school Jeep. You remember? Come on. Anybody have a Jeep? I had the gray one. Some of y'all had a red one. I had the gray one. And I could see it so clear in my mind because like Jay packed this thing full because he was wanting to go somewhere. Got in my little Jeep and I started cruising down Bluegrass Road. I used to live on Bluegrass Road, you know? Come on now. Crestline subdivision. Pack that thing full. I'm going down that windy street of Bluegrass Road, and I'm going to go to Weigel's first because I got a little, little savings in my pocket. And I go down because I want an icy, and I go get an icy, and I think to myself, where am I going to go next? The world is mine. Get back in my car after I get my icy, and I can't get out that parking lot because the battery's dead. You know what I mean? That thing only went for like 30 straight minutes, you know? As a kid, you were disappointed. You were like, man, I just charged this stupid thing. So it's like right there. And I feel like this is the moment where you get to the place where you try to define and figure out where am I going next? And that's my question today. And I want to break apart that question. I want to ask you a question today. I want you to think about it. Are you ready? Where are you going? 
right now, where are you going? The answer to that question has everything else stirring in your head of how to get there. What's going to happen when I get there? All of those questions, all of the thoughts that stir through, I think, come to this question, where are you going? If you've got your scripture, I want to turn to Acts chapter 12. As you turn there, I just want to ask the Lord to speak to us. So, Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for being faithful. And, Lord, for many of us in this room, oftentimes we just want to know where to go. And, Lord, you're there with open arms just to invite us into your presence. So, Lord, would you speak to us? Lord, we don't want to be elevated in this room. God, we really want you to elevate yourself and be seen. So, God, make yourself known to us, like tangibly, not just maybe even understanding today, but I pray that you would just like minister to hearts in this room today. Holy Spirit, just come. Bring to remembrance everything that we need to be reminded of. Lord, comfort the heart who needs comforted today and draw all of us to yourself that we would see you clear in Jesus' name, amen. Acts 12, and I wanna read one through six. You ready? You can type it in if you want. If you don't got a Bible, you type it in Google. You can find everything there. All right, Acts 12. And remember, we're almost like halfway through this book. This is a very unique time in the church. Word is spreading. The world is being turned upside down. And you've got something else happening right here. About that time, so about the time the world is turning upside down, the gospel is spreading through the known world, about that time, King Herod Agrippa, now I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, so some of your Bibles may not have that name specific. They make it very specific, let you know which King Herod it is. This is not the Herod the Great when Jesus is born. This is his grandson by this time. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. But you've seen that. About time something gets good, something bad happens in their life. We go, God, where are you? This guy had the apostle James, John's brother, not Jesus' brother James, John's brother James, killed with the sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jews, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. I love that word celebration, Jay. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. Fastened with two chains between two soldiers, others stood guard at the prison gate. That first, that first verse about that time, maybe you're feeling that today. About that time, things were just getting good. And about that time, something has come into my life I didn't expect, and it is wrecking it. If you're not there today, you might feel that tomorrow. Come on now. This is what they had to be thinking in their flesh, man. I got to be thinking that. And I believe, man, I just want to be frank. Like last week, I was there. 
things were just getting good. And then things in my life really started honestly just sucking bad. It's what you said at the, at the welcome. Like you feel like you're in a pit. You start climbing out to get dirt kicked in your face. You fall back down in the pit. That's for me. That's me. Feel like that. The church had to be feeling those things. But I find it fascinating that James, the brother of John, you remember those two guys when they come to Jesus and they're like, the, their mom is speaking for him. You remember that? You remember this story where she comes to Jesus she's like, hey, my boys need to sit at your right hand. They're real important. They're a big deal. And Jesus looks at him and he goes, oh, I don't know if you know what you're asking. Like, can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And they go, oh yeah, we can. And he says, you for sure will. This is the fulfillment of that prophecy. As Jesus speaks to them this very word, they say, we'll drink your cup of suffering. And then they choose and they say, we will drink. And they end up drinking that cup of suffering. This is one of those men who I believe is going to have a place of honor in heaven for sure. But he ends up getting beheaded. And there's, four, there's like four modes of Jewish uh, persecution or death sentence. And when somebody gets beheaded, it's because they have brought a strange worship among the people. So the Jews behead this guy because he has brought a strange worship among the Jews. When Jesus came, listen, his covenant to us trumped the old covenant. The old covenant pointed to a new one, a better one coming. But Jesus fulfilled all the work of that old covenant. It is a brand new way. Jesus at the center as king of a kingdom. He conquered sin and death. And he says, I did all of the work. If you want to be freed, you can't get to me. I came to you and I did the work for you. Surrender to me and I'll give you life that you're searching for. That's the new covenant. Get off the roller coaster. Get off the roller. You're allowed to get off the roller coaster. You can. Step off. And as soon as you want to, he's there with open arms. Many of us miss the brand new covenant because we're still trying to live in the old covenant. I'm still trying to get myself to God. And he's like, man, would you let me come to you? How do you think you could gain your way here? Every other religion in all the world gives you all the points to get to him. Jesus is the only one who says, I came to you. Not as a conquering king, but a humble servant. I came to serve you and to do what you couldn't do for yourself. I did it. And on the cross, he says, it's absolutely finished. The work is done. Let it be. Ah, receive me. And the king did not stay dead. He is now alive. And he's calling each one of us in this room to himself to experience life. The only way to true life is to surrender to the true king. Step off of that throne. You are not big enough to sit on that seat. There is one who has it. And if you will let him have his rightful place in your life, you will experience what you don't expect. Because many of us in this world, we get earthly kings who like to dominate, tax, and lord over you. Jesus is not that one. He's the friend who says, I'm here for you. Let's go. I got a better work for you than you could imagine for yourself. He's different. And he proved it by the life he lived here. Verse number five. While Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Guys, I, I just personally, I believe I see on the horizon 
like a church who so believes in the one that they're talking to that they don't find it to be a waste of time. It's the only good use of our time. Prayer is not a waste of our time. It's the only good use of your time. The creator, God, has invited you into his presence to call on his name, and he wants to respond to us in prayer. He's invited us in. Let's enter in together. Because when the church entered in together and they began to earnestly pray, do you know the end of this story? It says Peter is dead asleep, but chained between two guards, and he is dead asleep to the point where it says an angel shows up, pokes him in the side like a light shines, y'all. And I don't know about you, but if a light shines in my room, I'm like up, you know? Kind of. Sorry, babe. It's probably not true. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm out like Peter, for sure, for sure. Shannon's waking up. Okay, okay. All right, you got me. Babies are crying. I'm still out. Unless Shannon just literally kicks me out of the bed like, I do not wake up for nothing. Peter's out to that point. He's done. Angel comes in. It says a light is shining. He doesn't wake up for a light. He gets poked in the side. And he says, Peter, get up now. As soon as he stands up, it says the chains literally fall off of his hands. He did no work to break the chains off. The chains fell off at the command of the Lord. Come follow me. It says that Peter thinks he's having a vision. Like, I'm not even in my right mind. This ain't real life. I don't know about y'all, but that, I don't know what this guy's used to. He's having some weird visions in his life. He's like, I'm having a vision, but whatever, I'll follow this light, you know? He walks through the prison, and it says literally he walks past the guards. The door opens by itself, and when he gets out, the angel disappears. Then he comes to his senses, it says, and he goes, well, I've been freed by God. <laughs> so he goes, well, I guess I'm going to go to Mary's house. So he walks down to Mary's house. He knocks on the door. One of the servant girls comes to the door and is like, hey, who is it? He's like, hey, it's Peter. And she's like, oh my gosh. She, in her excitement, she doesn't even open the door. She runs back in to find the people. And he's like, hey, uh, y'all, P- Peter's at the door. All the while, Peter, you know, Peter's just broke out of jail. Standing at the door, he's like, well, keep knocking. They're like, no, Peter ain't there. These are the same people who prayed, by the way. Come on, church. We want to put it on our faith like we got it together. God's going to respond on all of our faith. Listen, they didn't believe it was going to happen, but they earnestly were praying. God is faithful when we're faithless. Some of us have put so much pressure on ourselves. Let's trust a really faithful God. He said something about a mustard seed of faith. <laughs> I got a really faithful God. I don't trust my own faith, to be honest with you. I trust him. Then you find your faith is actually pretty large if you go that. Finally, they open the door and they have a great celebration together. But prayer isn't a ministry of the church. It's the ministry of the church. It's not one of the ministries of the church. It's the ministry of the church. I encourage you guys, we open these doors at 3.30. Would you come and pray with us? I don't care if your kids run around and go crazy. I don't care if they tear everything down. Who cares? God's gonna show up. He's waiting for his people to pray. Come pray with us. God is moving because we are asking him to move. But I have a question, and this is what's got me contemplating where are you headed? Because if you read earlier, it says that James has his trial 
and he gets beheaded. The church prays while Peter's in jail for days and they're getting through the Passover. It says the day before his trial. That means he knows what happened to one of his best friends, went to trial, got beheaded. This guy's a people pleaser. He's gonna do whatever the people like. It's a rigged system. Come on now. I'm in a rigged system. And yet this guy is dead asleep. Tell me how many of y'all aren't fuming sitting there at God. You're Peter. You're the rock. You're a faithful friend. I'm serving the church. I'm doing everything right. Peter's not even complaining. In fact, he's dead asleep. How many of y'all are worrying that night because you know you're going to die the next day? Anybody been sitting on your deathbed looking at trial like that? How'd you feel? Did you sleep good? Psalm 127 says, I give to my beloved sleep. Psalm 127 says, I give to my beloved sleep. I think about Jesus in the same way when he's sitting in the boat and the storms are raging around him and he's in the hull of the boat and the guy's going like, you don't care about us, we're gonna die and you're sleeping. He's like, man, do you know who I am? He steps up, he says, hey, storm, peace be still. The wind and the waves stop and they go, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this man? He's not like me. He's asleep. He's at rest 24-7. And there's nobody more opposite than Jesus than pre-Jesus Peter. You know what I mean? Pre-Holy Spirit Peter. He's going to, hey, he's complaining. He's upset at the rig system. In fact, he might have tried to cut one of them guards. You know what I mean? Like he brought the shank, you know? He brought it. You know he's got that. And yet he's dead asleep. I ask myself, how the heck, Lord, is he dead asleep that day? Because last week I was just wrestling. Like I, I got no rest in my soul. And he brought that to mind because he said, like, hey, Jay, where are you headed? I got so many things that I'm on, on my mind and I got to do and accomplish. And man, I got to take care of so many people and I got to be there for you and you and you. I got, I got all this stuff I got to do and I got places I got to go. And if it doesn't happen this way, I can't go where I'm going. And I'm getting held up. I'm getting frustrated. My kids are slowing me down. Any parents in the room? <laughs> I can't get nothing done. And I heard that like reminder in that story. Hey, Jay, where are you going? Yeah, where am I going? When I got down to Weigel's, man, I thought I was going to be going somewhere great only to find out that my battery wouldn't take me there, you know? Any of y'all in that spot? You got where you were going only to find out it wasn't what you thought when you got there. Now where are you going? Where are, you where are you going? Where are you going? I think Peter had settled that answer in his soul, which gave him rest where he was going. 
He tells us in 2 Peter, I believe holds one of the keys for us of why he was settled at where he was going. He says, by his divine power, 2 Peter 1, and by his divine power, like Jesus, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. That means because of the knowledge of Jesus, he's given us everything to walk in divine power. I don't make up the rules. He's given me everything to step in to his life. Listen to what he has said. What has he said? By which he's granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Literally, you're gonna be transformed on the inside. You're gonna begin to like think and walk like God himself, like the divine. But that comes not because of my analysis of my situation or circumstance. It comes by believing what he's actually told me, his knowledge from above. How many of us are operating based upon what we're seeing in our life and we haven't even thought about what Jesus has offered us? I'm not considering divine knowledge because I am the divine. I have the knowledge. Last week, I really believe, listen, listen, I'm speaking to me. I don't care what Jesus said. I got places I gotta go and I'm being held up. Where are you going? I never saw this in 2 Peter before. Because it continues to say, we become divine, uh, we partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. I love what those ladies said because all my desire revolved around me. It was all about me. Then he goes on to continue in 2 Peter 3.13. He says, according to his promise, we are waiting for new heaven and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Peter ain't worried about no earthly king who's going to behead him. Do you know why? Because he knows the true king, the creator of heaven and earth, Do as you will. I will stand before my friend and my father. I'm not worried about a thing here because my king is with me. Don't you know my king? I can sleep sweet with chains on my arms. I'm not worried about King Herod Agrippa. And in fact, that people-pleasing king ends up giving a speech and everybody says, oh, the voice of a God. And he receives their praise. It says that he croaks over dead soon thereafter because he stepped in and received the praise of the true king. He died. I can't even explain all that to you. I don't even understand the judgments of God. I don't understand. Peter had no worry because he knew where he was going. Listen here, where are you going? When you get there, 
where do you go after that? When you get there, where do you go after that? When you get there, where do you go after that? I submit to you today, we all go to the same place. We're all headed in the same direction. Perspective matters. Peter had proper perspective because in this moment, it looks like I'm going to jail. It looks like I'm going to the execution. But beyond that, I know exactly where I'm going. I'm not worried about a thing where I am because I'm going to see the true king and he has received me. If you find yourself in that little battery-powered car today, at Weigel's, sipping on an icy, hopping back in your car, trying to figure out where to go next, I encourage you in this moment, if you are realizing I'm going nowhere that matters much, step out of that car, like the story Jesus said, and say, Jesus, I want to come to you. I want you. I let go of where I'm going because I know where I'm going. Maybe you're believing that today. I know where I'm going. Jesus, I want to go to you. Tell him. Let go of where you're going. Take me where you want me to go. Because you're all that matters. Eventually, I'm coming to you. Take me, Lord. What do you want to do? He'll take you further into more than you ever thought or imagined for your life. You'll sleep between two guards, maybe, but you won't worry about a thing because you know where you're going. Jesus made a promise for you, and he died on a cross to do all of the work and to satisfy the very wrath of God against sinful humanity. It was covered. It was finished. He did all the work to cover his own wrath of justice on the world. He did it all for me and for you. Anyone who would receive this for their life, let yourself be forgiven, covered by the work of Jesus Christ on a cross who died and paid the penalty of each one of our own sin debt. And he said, it is totelestai, totally finished. The record is cleared for anyone who would receive a clear record. Come to the king who will clear your record and will invite you into a different kind of future. Right where you are, I would love right now. Would you answer that question in your heart? Where are you headed? If you find yourself stuck in that car and you got nowhere to go and you realize I'm headed to eternity, call to Jesus, get out of that car and invite him to take you where he wants you to go, like full surrender. Hold nothing back from him and invite him, call for him to come to you. His name is Jesus. Tell him. He stands with open arms and he calls to you.
so now church, if you've come to him in that way and you're in Christ, you come before your father in heaven who's accepted you, absolutely covered you, your voice to him matters, and he's invited us into this place to come to him and bring our request to him. I pray that you understand that we are in that together. And when Jesus teaches us how to pray, he says, teach them our father. It's not just Jay's father, like look to Jay for, it's our father. Come to our Father. And I encourage you, the people right around you right now, I believe you are sitting near them to be ministers on their behalf. We're going to have a time of prayer in our service now, and then we'll close with a song. But right where you are, right around you, maybe you just need prayer. Maybe tell somebody right next to you, and then let's go to our Father together. Let's bear one another's burdens in this moment. Let's counsel one another. Let's bring them before our Father. Here's our request. Now, Father, take this time. Holy Spirit, do as you will. Connect people who need to be connected in this room. And we just trust you now. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Thanks for taking us where you want us to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Find somebody right around you and let's pray for one another now. Let's have a time of prayer. And then we'll close with song.